0: Welcome to Peeves Gap a chapter-by-chapter page-to-screen analysis of the Harry Potter series. I'm Sarah Day. I'm James. And I'm Meeks. And today, we are analyzing Chapter 11, Quidditch, which is 15 minutes and 48 seconds to an hour and 25 minutes and 10 seconds, where we see our very first Quidditch game. Before we start gabbing, we wanted to give a spoiler warning. We will be using our vast knowledge of the wizarding world to compare the page to the screen, and so we may be gabbing about moments that happen later in the books or the films. You've been warned, Firsties. But first, a message from the Daily Prophet. <laughs>
1: It's Quidditch season, and planning for faster, efficient hydration is essential. We don't want anyone falling off their brooms from dehydration.
0: Liquid IV has you covered while you prep during wood speeches, power through the game, and recover in the common room afterwards.
2: Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of traditional potions.
0: I have tried the Grape... The sea berry mm-hmm. and the cherry. And I would say sea berry and cherry are my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. I'll have to try
1: the cherry. I haven't tried that one yet. I was kind of like hoping that was like the best one. So I'm saving it for last because <laughs> compared to lemon lime, I was like, I'm not sure if like that would be like a disappointment or something. So I'm hoping it's really good it's the last it one. it's
0: really good and <laughs> I like how like saturated the flavor is of liquid Ivy.
2: hmm doesn't feel it's, all watery it's right very
1: strong like the grape one was a really like powerful like just flavor profile in like a big cup of water like I had I think it was like 40 ounce bottle and it didn't feel like diluted or watery at all. It just was like flavor bam but
0: like whoa yes i agree and i love a good flavorful water
2: yes i do too well and it's nice if something's really flavor packed you know just as is because then you can always water it down per your taste rather than you having to like use double of the concentrate or something exactly
1: Well, one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than any other potion and comes in 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting.
2: Made with premium ingredients and contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Liquid IV is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy.
0: Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world and has partnered with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world.
1: Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code GABFEST to at checkout.
2: That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code GABFEST at liquidiv.com.
0: Welcome back, listeners. James, do you have any feedback for us?
1: do I always. We constantly are getting some good feedback, so I am going to be constantly having some. Karen, our British correspondent, says that blocks of ice cream are basically ice cream in a box. You open the box up, and then you can slice the ice cream with a knife. These were common when she was growing up, but more li- but more likely are going to be in plastic tubs. tubs now, she says. So Essentially, they were very popular back then, but now they're kind of moving towards more of like what we see now here in America
0: that's gonna be something that's interesting as we go through the series to see if things like this were more common in the nineties when this is set as opposed to now mm-hmm. and what the show's Definitely. gonna
2: do yeah well I
1: think there's already a little probably bit
2: many things but
1: I'm actually going to add on a little bit to this as well because she also just recently sent in and a feedback about rock cakes, um, and basically told us that rock cakes are actually just the name of uh, the name of an actual cookie. And yeah, it's so, like a type of scone. Yeah, it's like a type of scone or cookie type thing, but it's like it's named rock cakes because you don't go in and cut it or form it and shape it into something it's just you kind of just take a bunch of it put it on a platter and cook it
0: Hmm. well we appreciate our british correspondent
2: yes we do speaking of scones british listeners do you say scone or scone i'm curious how many (laughs) of you there are on each side
1: interesting
0: and with that Meigs, do you have a review for us Do Uh, I
2: do not know how to pronounce this username. So my apologies to who sent this in. Serumulela on Apple Podcast. (laughs) It's super cool that they are doing a deep dive comparing each chapter versus the movie and talking about what could happen in the HBO TV show. This is a fun way to get back into the wizarding world. I love that we have a good span of listeners from people who have just been regularly rereading the books, you know, throughout their lives, and then people who maybe read them once or twice when they were younger and now they're getting back into it because they like kind of have a reason to. And then people who have never read the books have only watched the movies. And so I, I like that we have a, a whole mix going on of uh from our listeners. Um, yeah, totally
0: it's definitely fun to be reading Along with our listeners and kind of brainstorming what we want to see the show do. Mm
1: -hmm. How many reviews does this make? Like, I want to know how many we got in total.
0: I can fill you in on that tomorrow. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. Like, I'm curious because I, you know, I've never even heard of some of these users, and it's kind of cool that we're. Yeah, I want to take a stab at the name.
0: I want to say it's Sir Umewella.
1: When I first looked at it, I was like circumference? What?
0: That's what I was thinking. <laughs> That's funny. Well, thank
2: you for all of you yes, who have given us reviews. Thank you so much.
1: And hopefully this makes other people want to leave reviews because we will read the reviews on our podcast. So please leave some reviews.
0: Um, we have nine total reviews on Apple Podcast as of Sweet. now. <laughs> thank you, everybody. All right, so let's dive into this chapter. Um, It's such an exciting chapter because it's basically just all a quidditch match.
2: Right. I know the chapter is really short. I always forget that that there isn't really anything else that happens, but there isn't really anything else that needs to happen. You know,
0: that's like Um, you know we do get a little bit of Harry's extra practice with wood. just because he's so new to the game, um, which, you know, that could be our montage of the episode.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a good montage. Um, I wrote down montage for the ways, the 700 ways uh, that you can commit a Quidditch foul. <laughs> I thought that <sighs> would be funny. Yeah, like, obviously. And how it all seven, happened in like one game
0: at one point one quidditch match in in the history
1: oh yeah definitely
2: because that's like another example of those little little details that are added into the books not put into the movies for time's sake i imagine um but you know just kind of add up to the to build up the wizarding world a little bit more and so it would be funny to see just those details about in general oh yeah
1: definitely callback to something we discussed earlier uh, was uh, one of us had said that um, or was talking about when, when Hermione gave Harry Quidditch through the ages and how he he was like should have been interested in it when they were doing their first flying lesson. Mm-hmm. But we get in the book that he turns out he actually re- reads it and like gets interested in it because she gives it to him in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And he's actually like, oh wow, it's actually filled with some pretty interesting facts about the about the game. So it kind of shows a little bit of a progression about his interest in these things. Because
2: yeah,
1: he she obviously had it before and was like telling people about it, and Neville was like trying to soak up as much information mm-hmm. a, in the past. But like then like we made the comment that Harry was like showing no interest in this, and that you would think that he would be interested as well. But, you know, it shows that he wasn't at that time. But now that he's given a chance and it actually kind of applies to him personally, he's like, oh, wow, yeah. like, this is pretty cool. So it's kind of interesting to see that progression as a character.
0: Yeah, because and he doesn't know anything about Quidditch. He doesn't know that he's going to have this natural talent. And then he mm-hmm. finally has something that he's good at. And he's like, OK, yes, now give me all the information on it so I can mm-hmm. learn. And, you know, he's never really had something for him to... Be this interested in. Right. In his life.
2: When he hasn't been allowed to either. So
0: what was the point? Exactly. So one of the kind of biggest changes. Of this chapter. Is. Fall break. Um, And. He is reading Quidditch through three ages. Harry is. And he's outside. And Snape comes along. And um, is mad that he has this book or whatever. And he takes it and he's like points away from Gryffindor because you're not allowed to have library books outside, which is obviously a fake rule. Mm -hmm. And then Harry later is like, okay, I'm going to just suck it up and go ask him for my book back. And this is when he sees Snape's injured leg.
1: Compared to, I believe it was in the... In the movie, it was in the Great Hall, and Snape came by to, like, wish him luck on his first Quidditch game.
2: Well, that's no, so he first away. sees it at the
0: troll. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he first well, sees the blood when they're um, leaving the troll in the bathroom.
1: Yes, but he, he, he gets, like, a good idea because he sees Snape limping away, and he kind of makes... He connects the dots of, like, oh, he hurt himself.
0: Yeah, he says that explains the blood, Um, but he doesn't even see um, a wound until this scene in the book, and um, what is the caretaker's name? Filch. Filch is helping him bandage it, Mm -hmm. and he mentions the dog, Um, so it's kind of more of a clue for him than it is in the film, or yeah, yeah, it is more of a clue in the book than it is in the film
1: mm-hmm. how do how how do they connect him to going to the third floor corridor and, and doing Fluffy in the movie like how mm-hmm. do they get to that conclusion that he was at the third floor corridor and Fluffy gave him the wound
2: in the movie in the movie um, I
1: should have watched question. it but I didn't have a lot of time today but
0: I think they just kind of piece it together because Halloween happened and then it was the same night that they – so the it, the troll, he saw, he sees the blood that same night and then I think it's like the next day in the film that he's limping away. So they just kind of piece it together whereas in the book they're rebandaging a wound and he – so he just – there's more time for him to piece it together but it's just kind of plot armor in the movie
2: hmm they just sort of the practice if listeners yeah it's cute watching them like the little 11 year old play detective in the film mm-hmm.
1: interesting i'll have to definitely take a look at that but it it definitely is a different like scenario and this is like the first time we get to see the teacher's lounge in the book like,
0: right i don't think it's even there at all in the films is it we don't no, really don't have a teacher's so. lounge So that Mm -hmm. would be a fun new set the show can have. Yeah.
1: See all the like little animities that the teachers get and stuff.
0: So that's quite a bit that is sort of cut from this chapter (laughs) from the film because we finally start our Quidditch match, which is about halfway through this chapter. Um, And we don't get any of like the first half of this chapter in the film. So... Halfway well, through the chapter, we finally see Quidditch.
1: What's interesting is that in the movie, they've add, like they added lines and they added parts, like Snape's line of like, "Oh, I wish you luck in the Quidditch, yeah. Mitch Potter." Like, like what that is line's that? Not even in the movie like in the book at it's all.
0: Not like, in his character <laughs> even either, mm-hmm. either. Like, what even is that? I don't. It just comes. Like, is he is he trying to intimidate him or something? It just I don't know. It's just. Interesting, I mean, you have like, to get Berkman lines
1: well yeah Yeah. you definitely do but it's just interesting like how many like additional things they've added recently in these last couple of scenes uh in the chapters that uh in the chapters in the past up till now like how much additional things that just weren't in the books that they've added and it kind of shows that they made some creative like had some creative liberty to to make some things and to add some things but it kind of also goes and shows you that like would they do this for the TV show? Like how much more additional things right. are we going to get in the TV show that kind well, of will explore the world a little bit more or explore these characters a little bit more?
0: I think it goes back to something Meigs said in the first episode or two, that it's like, why take out some of these lines and add mm-hmm. these lines? It just doesn't make sense. Like why not just say the lines that are in the book? Yeah. Yeah. I know. So hopefully, you know, the show will just, you know, when they say faithful adaptation, it will be a faithful adaptation.
2: Cross our fingers. (laughs) Right. We'll be watching very carefully.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how did you guys feel about the Quidditch match as seen on film?
2: I really liked it. I thought that they did a really great job. Well,
1: I I think it was really well done. Um, it that's a that's one of the first scenes that Chris Columbus talks about in the special features about how um, they combined practical effects with uh, digital editing. So they did a lot of digital editing for some characters, and then they did a lot of practical work for other characters, and so that's why you kind of get a mixture of these. These CGI created humans riding on brooms in the background, but then like have the physical human like actually riding brooms and stuff. And so they had Daniel Radcliffe and the Weasley twins and like uh, these other few actors who played uh, student parts just flying around in a green screen like box uh, on brooms connected to wires and stuff. And so uh, they just had them like going around and like blowing wind in their in their hair and then they just placed those reels onto the cgi rendered quidditch area and that's kind of like how they created this and i think that was for the time uh, as it was barely brand new and all this stuff i think it was like really well done and masterfully like, yeah. put together even though you can kind of tell which <laughs> ones are fake there's and which definitely ones are real. a few
0: that are like is this a video game or is this a movie <laughs> 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 um but yes for the time it was really well done
2: yeah.
0: Um, I wrote in my notes, where did the referees go? And I have no idea <laughs> what I'm asking. Do you guys know? <laughs> um, no.
2: Mm-hmm. I have no idea. That's really funny.
1: Wait, did we'll you say mean that maybe again
2: before or after the Quidditch match?
0: I, I, yeah, I must. My, what I wrote in my notes, James, is where do the referees go? And it's a question mark. Oh, exclamation point.
1: you're you're referring to the part in the book where uh, they were reading through Quidditch of the Ages, and it made some comments <gasps> oh, about how yes. some referees disappear <laughs> and, and they like show how up in one Egypt
0: later how yes, one yes, or
1: two yes, show up it. in the Sahara Desert.
2: I wrote that down yes. too, but but not where did the referees go. But I wrote down the disappearing <laughs> thing
0: okay so where do you think that they go in all that time or do you think it's just like they're like time and space is not linear and so they just end up there
2: yeah i feel like it's that one where they just sort of like they apparate basically is what i was thinking Mm -hmm.
1: but i don't know
2: it's
0: hilarious to
2: think about it
0: is that could be another montage No, I put that in my montage section. (laughs) Do you have an official montage section of your notes now? (laughs) Well, I
2: just happen to write down montage every book (laughs) chapter that we read. But I wrote down the the 700 ways of committing a Quidditch foul. And then I wrote down montage. And the implication in my head was all of that sort of stuff that he was, Harry was, his internal, yeah, monologue was sharing about him reading. All of that was included.
0: I love that. I could even be like an opening to this episode of just like Quidditch through the ages, like five minutes tops of just um, kind of like, you know how, I don't know if either of you watched, but um, The Last of Us, there was a few episodes that had, okay, so a few episodes would open up with a flashback to when like the virus first was out like the outbreak of the virus Mm -hmm. um and what was happening on day zero um and then it would cut to like our like our current timeline so the show can just open up with a five minute scene of just quidditch through the ages, and then it comes to our show our current timeline
2: no no i'm for that obviously
1: I am excited to see kind of like the unique things that they're going to be able to like add into this um, just like the unique, like filming techniques and the, the way that they want to be able to portray this world and portray the story. Cause I feel like the, you, they have a lot of room to be able to be creative and, and do new things and, and experiment to kind of expand what has already been established and set as a foundation and kind of, build it from there you know
0: one more thing i want to mention just a kind of general quidditch before we get into the plot here is going back to the difference in characters between the book and the film um and wood is another example and he is just so flat and so dry in the film Mm -hmm. was not given much to work with at all whereas in the books he has these like really passionate speeches yeah that i would love to see in the show
1: yeah so. I, i'm sure we've all met one of these one of these people before where someone is just really into the sport and they get really excited and they're like come on guys let's beat these guys this is the year we win yeah uh, kind of i definitely i definitely charming. know that kind of i know some of those people and he he definitely doesn't do that and what is like one of those characters in the movies that got a lot of Additional lines that weren't in the book either. Like, I think he he talks about in the movie. He talks about how he was in his first Quidditch match and he got knocked out because he doesn't remember. He got hit by a bludger, yeah, and was knocked out for the rest of the match. He's like, hmm, I don't remember much because I was hit by a bludger. Like, he never says that in the
0: book. Right. right? Yeah, so, another example of like just why why make that change,
2: <laughs> right? Because there are so many good lines that he has that yeah. like truly do develop his character. Um and make him not so flat and boring in the books and so i would much prefer them to take out the the not improv but the additional lines that they came up with for his character in the movie i
0: would yeah much prefer <laughs> that they just is he in like the third one no
1: no nope, because they're in the third
0: one. It, right no they do no they do in brief- the third
2: one super briefly though like it's not
1: yeah, yeah. it's because it's just Harry going, uh, going after the like snitch and Madeline being attacked, attacked by Dementors.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that's something I would really like to see the show focus on is Quidditch as a whole because it is a huge part of Harry's life. Yeah, and we don't get a lot of it in the films.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: again, you know, there's only so much you can focus on in a two-hour film, and Quidditch is not it. <laughs> uh, but hopefully, the show lets us have a lot more Quidditch. Right, so if no one else has any general Quidditch thoughts, we can move on to Harry's broom going berserk. Mm,
2: Yes, we can move on to that. (laughs) Mm. I have thoughts about this whole (laughs) whole concept.
1: (laughs) Yes, what are they?
2: I mean... Well, it's kind of my peeve's peeve, so actually I'm going to share my thoughts for when we get to that section of the show.
0: So one thing I kind of had a gri- gripe about, it's not really my peeve peeve, I have something else for that. But she, Hermione, okay, maybe they weren't thinking about this when they designed the set of the Quidditch pitch, but in the film it's like groups of stands. And Hermione and then, like, Snape and uh, Quirrell are, like, across the stadium in this other pitch, right? But she gets over there immediately. So she had to go all the way down these tall stands, cross the Quidditch field, and then go up the opposite pitch – or stands – to find Snape to put out the fire right and I'm like how did she get there so quite really want to see that
2: like Hermione running across the Quidditch pitch (laughs) I know to get over there well Um,
1: something that's interesting about all this is that JK Rowling designed the Quidditch pitch a little bit differently in the book yeah than that what Chris Columbus created in the movie Mm-hmm. So Chris, Chris Columbus, in the special features, actually explicitly states how he redesigned the Quidditch pitch to be kind of a little bit more the way that we get in the movie. Um, yeah, he wanted it's more he,
0: cinematic.
1: Like, he he wanted a lot of people to be up in the air and like have the people in the brooms kind of go in and out of the towers. But in the book, it's really just all the stands that are up in the sky. So like the it's just a giant circular um circular area like a soccer stadium of sorts yeah um so it her Hermione in the book is just running across the stadium to get to the other side where Snape is, but running through all of these people. Whereas yeah. in the movie, she's running through just like all these pieces of wood and all that stuff. And so it's just,
0: But what I'm saying is like, I, and that's how I picture it in the book, you know, like all the way around. And that makes more sense for her to just make a semicircle, Right. But mm-hmm. the way it is in the film, they have to c- climb down. All the way down first, then cross, then climb all the way back up, because they're separated. Mm-hmm. It's so in the book, real. it makes total sense, like that it takes no time for her to get from one side to the other to where the teachers are. But in the movie, it's like there's no way she got from point A to B in the amount of time that that
1: it happened. Yeah, no. So that's that's perfectly like the reason why is because the the set that was created for the movie doesn't match what was in the book and so they were trying to keep it within like the same parameters but because it was a whole different outcome the the point a to point b doesn't make any sense to some people because of that reason and that's just the the only that's the only change that was made was that is that they wanted it to be a little bit more cinematic but
0: yeah and i like the design of the quidditch pitch and the stands but Um,
1: narratively it just doesn't make a lot of sense no
0: it does not but i would (laughs) like to see it around i don't know i just i don't know it'll be fun to see how they're that.
1: there were some towers in the in the book version so like there are Mm -hmm. towers but majority of everybody's sitting in the stands yeah which are like super high up kind of scenario
0: but Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i really really want to see that truck that she makes like Mm -hmm. the
0: realistic version of it yes 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 the realistic one yes
1: <laughs> and then the way she she gets snape's attention is different also in the movie they create the the spell um i don't even remember the smell i think the last part of it's like inflamare but like that's not mm-hmm. even in the book she just casts like a blue uh, a blue like blight fireball type thing it has it land on him and then somebody's like it distracts him enough and everyone's like oh and then she picks it up and puts it in a jar and like runs away with it right. type scenario so like even that part's a little bit different so has like the same it still has like the same cause and effect like in, it Does right. it in the movie but it's like totally different outcome and it makes you kind of like, I- wonder like, what was the point of changing all of that?
0: Well, I do like that it's just a fire that she causes and then runs away um because in the book, it's like no one's like no one sees her scoop the fire back out. It's caused this whole commotion, and then nobody notices a little hand come and scoop it out, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what's even more interesting is that she knocks Quirrell over, yes, so I mean. I mean, spoiler alert, like, guys, Like, if you don't know, you don't know. It's Quirrell who's actually trying to kill Harry here. Uh, and so she knocked him over, which stopped the spell, but then set fire to Snape's, uh, yes. to Snape's cloak. But in the movie, it's someone else's like, fire, fire, knocks him off of like his chair yes. or whatever.
0: And I actually wrote down that I liked the movie version better of that. Because again, it's like she's supposed to be sneaky and... <laughs> she knocks over this teacher and again it's like nobody like why is nobody paying attention to Hermione so i do like that it's another teacher that knocks over quirrell and mm-hmm. that she doesn't really notice because that can go under the radar more in the, it it goes under the radar more in the film that somebody knocked over quirrell than in right. the book
2: the whole the whole thing i have such an issue <laughs> <laughs>
0: With the the story or the way it plays out in the film? The story. Mm -hmm. I
2: think it was... I think they did fine in the film Mm -hmm. with this situation.
0: But... Well, do we want to... This is your peeve, right?
2: Yeah, no, I'm going to wait.
0: Okay. Um, Is there anything else to say about the chapter before we dive into our pleasure peeves and salutes?
1: Uh, So... So to kind of before we move on to a different topic, I do definitely think that they need to find a good balance between the um, the movie, what happened in the movie and what happened in the book, because yes, how it happened in the book makes it makes it still like we still focus on Snape as like the antagonist and we don't really get these obvious clues that quarrel mm-hmm. is the actual true enemy because if anything i would love it to like i would love to see them recreate that feeling for new people who are experiencing this world in the tv show mm-hmm. to be like oh, quarrel is the bad guy like mm-hmm. i want them to be able to like experience that and go whoa i thought it was snape the entire time i was like rooting for everybody to like beat snape and i was like they like throw this plot twist on me and it's totally the bumbling bumbling teacher that i never like imagined would be even like remotely close to being the bad guy uh and so i love like i love how in the book jk rowling's like dropping these little hints because when you're reading mm-hmm. it for the first time she just bumps into him so it's like a casual thing that nobody would take note of unless you've already read the book and you go oh now it makes sense right so I want them I'm, I'm hoping that they'll be able to find like a good balance between what happened in the movie and what happened in the book, and kind of show that same little balance where it gives us a little bit of a and and a balance of new people not knowing it's Quirrell and people who have read the ser- yes. series and know the story kind of go, oh look, it's little Coral doing his like little thing.
0: We're gonna have to find somebody like maybe we have little tiny cousins or <laughs> our kids or something that we watch the show with um i think our kids are too young though james um but um to see like have them come on when the show is airing and be like what do you think of this
2: <laughs> yeah no it's true i would be that'll be really really interesting for people who or for us to hear from people who like are you talking about those who haven't read the books or watched the movies and just like see Correct. the show
0: for the first the time? show is going to be their first experience with yeah. Harry
2: Potter. No, I'm so excited to hear their perspective. I think that's going to be very interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. A whole new generation of Harry Potter fans.
2: <laughs> and they're going, going to be, gonna be like,
0: great. Oh, these are based mm-hmm. off books. Yeah. Go read them and then listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then go watch the movies. Mm -hmm. so tv show books podcast movie there you go um
2: i do have a couple things i feel like i need to do a meeg's lightning
0: recap segment Um, james do you have anything before meeg's lightning round
1: well i was probably just gonna like save this until after but i was uh i was very happy to see like at the very beginning with Hermione kind of showing like her talents and skills and what she contributes to the friend group and how Harry and Ron have come to the conclusion that they don't know how they would have done it without her because she just, yeah. she's reviewing their homework and she's a little bit less strict about them breaking the rules. And, <laughs> and She like uses all of her knowledge of like these spells and like does little things. And she's now breaking yeah. some rules and, are probably breaking like my favorite part is when they're outside and snape comes in and is like is like questioning them and they're all like all huddled around like this blue flame that she's created and they're like blocking the the view so that snape doesn't see this blue fire and i think it's just kind of hilarious that they even did that but like she's just she's coming in and she's just like here you go here you go and like they're Mm -hmm. like how are we even how did we like do this up until now without you like i don't know But it's great that she also has boundaries because she's like, I'm not letting you like copy my answers. Yes. Uh, And so like she she'll have a point of like, how are you supposed to learn if I do everything for you? And it's it's kind of interesting how she'll she set boundaries and stuff. But in the end, like, it's also still more help than they would have ever gotten by themselves.
0: A good dynamic. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Okay, are we ready for Meeg's lightning round? Do it. I'm ready. Um,
2: Okay, the whole beginning of the chapter, we've already kind of touched on that with the him, uh, Harry reading the Quidditch through the Ages, a montage of that. Um, But what I also want to see is the the trio sitting in the yard warming up with Hermione's um, jar of flames, because we see that like in you know when she knocks over Quirrell but we don't I just want to see like the background leading into that I want to see like all the cute moments where they're like sitting just sitting in the yard studying but like warming yeah. up with the flames I think some little just moments like more
0: that. leisurely magic in general will be fun mm-hmm. in the show yes we don't actually have that much magic
2: in the movie <laughs> um and then Hagrid walking around gamekeeping like doing his duties just yes. simple little things like that I want to see um staff room we touched on obviously we need to see more of the staff room i still really want my interview style comedy show of the <laughs> professors in the staff room like you know rubbing their foreheads like oh my god these students kind of thing really i actually just
0: had a flashback to glee did you ever watch glee yes yeah like just the teachers in the staff room and just like totally. their dynamic yeah totally that would be fun yeah well in
1: the The teachers sleep at the castle, too. Like, they have their own bedrooms and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. just to, like, see them getting ready for the end of the day or something, like, would be kind of funny. Yes. Just being like, ugh, today was so long. Mr. Weasley just did it again in class. So glad the day's (laughs) over.
2: Yeah, I want to see that really bad. Like, I want to see McGonagall letting out her severely tight bun that she always has. I really want to see teachers flirting. Like, I want to see like like behind the scenes of what teacher life is like um i want to also see neville sobbing into hagrid's jacket while harry is being tossed around on the broom (laughs) because i just think that that's a really funny image (laughs) um and okay that's all i have for my lightning round the rest of my things are my my peevesy
0: things that we're gonna do next all right, shall we get into it?
1: Well, something I just thought of with the teacher thing, like getting to know the teachers a little bit more, gives us the ability to like see them grow because you have the core mm-hmm. set of teachers, and then you have a few teachers that are getting added on every mm-hmm. year. Uh, especially the defense against the dark art ones, like you, it, it to develop them as characters, and then have like these newer characters come in and like see how they react to lock art and see how they react to lupin and then like just see them like maybe at one point when like umbridge is there and they're like reminiscing about all the past teachers and i was like man umbridge is like a total uh, a total hard case and i don't like her i totally wish like we had lupin back and like oh yeah lupin mm-hmm. was so great i was like at least <laughs> she's not a lock art yeah. like, oh my gosh <laughs> like you know it's, like to have that build up and kind of like like, see them talk about these kind of things, and like compared to other characters that have come and gone, well, I think would be hilarious
0: and to add on to that, um, so we yes, we have the the core set of teachers, and then you've got the ones that are added like in the third year and on, but there's teachers that we have starting in year one that we don't see in the films, mm-hmm. which is fine, um, but I would like to see. You know, those classes, I want to see astronomy. We've talked about that in the past. But there's also teachers – so, like, even the ones that are introduced in the the third year, I hope that they cast them now. I know it's not, like, a huge part, but just to see glimpses of them because they're there. It's not like they just, like, automatically show up year three. Um, So it will be nice to see them in the background and then have them actually teach Harry in the third season um, will be a nice touch. Yes. So long as they do it.
1: Trelawney. Trelawney. Divination. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, And even Hermione's professors that we don't really get much of. I want to see Muggle Studies.
1: Muggle Studies. What's interesting is we could totally create like a whole new background for the Muggle Studies teacher because she's the one that dies in the seventh book.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That so we have a lot connection. more.
1: That could be a lot more traumatizing for people if we have like create this whole yes. character who we know is just fated to die in a terrible, terrible way, uh, and just go oh, like it's not as bad when you're reading about it because you're like that's the first introduction of the character at all in the book, um, and like we never like we we only see we we only see her for like two minutes in the film, and so right. it's just. So, like, that would just be traumatizing to anybody just to see her, like, have fun and make relationships and people just bond with her. And then all of yeah. a sudden, <laughs> dead. Yeah. Just like-
0: well, and I've said that before about, um, you know, Dobby and Dobby's death that they there's so much Dobby development in the books that you don't get in the films. And they basically just bring him back in the last movie to kill him off. Um, so you know, same thing, to have these characters really develop. Not that I want to be emotionally heartbroken in the show, but it just has more weight when you've gotten to know a character. Even though we know what their fate is going to be because we've read the books, you get to know them. Um, and it I don't know if appreciate is the right word, but the, the fate of those characters will have more weight
2: yeah absolutely and they do in the films yeah again
0: all right now
2: through our podcast reading through the book you know rereading through the books and stuff i think a lot of that same type of question is going to pop up for us like because we have the background uh, relationship with these characters and so people who have watched the movies and not read the books how do Mm -hmm. they feel about this character dying or this character doing whatever this character betraying somebody, you know, how much weight does that have for people who haven't read the, read the books? That's going to be a question. I think that just continues to pop up for us. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Okay.
0: Now are we ready for our peeves pleasure? I'm ready. Yes. Who wants to go first?
2: I'll go first. Um, my peeps' pleasure was just that I think they did a great adaptation for the Quidditch match in general. We've pretty much already mm-hmm. talked about it. but <laughs> CGI was great. The feeling of it, you know, was intense, and I think that they just did a great job with it. And it was great to watch the music. Obviously, John Williams did
0: fantastic. So
2: <laughs> I think I think all of that was great.
1: I think this. Uh, I, somebody had mentioned. Somebody had mentioned that um, the sound uh the music that John Williams uses in this part is like the same as like Attack of the Clones yeah. in Star Wars
0: There's the same like background like base of the song right is the I can I, I just can't remember it's if chase. it's like
1: was it this was it this movie or was it the second movie Was it Chamber of Secrets or The Sorcerer's third Stone? One. <laughs> I no, no. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to figure out if it was Chamber of Secrets versus The Sorcerer's Stone because I know it's the chase scene remember. in attack of the clones i just can't remember if they were comparing it to Sorcerer's stone or chamber of secrets but either way like there's like a little it's like very similar music type scenario the only difference is like the pitch i -hmm. think and so he like uses a higher pitch for for the harry potter one and then like a lower pitch for the star wars one and to imitate the different sounds and stuff like to imitate the different feelings like the harry potter chase scene is like super exciting and you're like go harry go and the other one's like <laughs> the other one's like they're chasing an assassin Suspenseful. And it's suspenseful and you're kind of just like are they gonna make it are they gonna get him like <laughs> it's just interesting yeah.
0: how just a slight change to the same song can create two different feelings
1: mm-hmm. john williams is the man
0: is that he your is. your pleasure john williams
1: uh, I mean, John Williams will always be my pleasure, but my pleasure, pleasure is. Um, <laughs> it's the eternal pleasure. Uh, but my pleasure was um, the scene how Harry gets the snitch in the movie. I feel like that was a lot more. Like, that was an addition well worth it. Because I feel like in the book, it kind of just happened. He kind of swallowed the snitch, the snitch while he was going crazy on his broom, mm-hmm. and then, like, he fell or he he went down or whatever like the broom stopped doing his thing and then he went down to the ground and just like spit it out so like it yeah. kind of shows that he didn't really catch it he didn't really use mm-hmm. his like cool new skills as a seeker mm-hmm. it just accidentally just went into his mouth kind of <laughs> right. whereas in the movie i i really love how they just they showed that they built on those skills he they, he did something he's proud of and he actually did catch it but i mean he tripped and then caught it in his mouth, which I think was a lot is a lot more funnier. But like it, it's same outcome, but different way of getting to it. And I think that yeah. that definitely wasn't improvement that the film did really well with.
0: And I think that there's a few moments uh, in the Quidditch match that are a little bit more dramatic than they are in the m- book, um, a little bit, which is fair because it's a, you know it's cinematic versus written word, but. I also did have the Quidditch match as my Peeves pleasure because I thought that it was a really great adaptation of the game. Mm-hmm. A good precedent. Yeah.
1: I will lead into my Peeves. Peeves, though, and say I wanted more Lee Jordan.
0: I know. <laughs> yes.
1: I was just like, you guys didn't give me enough Lee Jordan. I want more of him. And the actor who, who played him was like... It was great, and if you guys get the chance on HBO Max, there's like this little game show, and he is the one that's taught. Like he's the one that's collecting the points, and like it's a nice little callback to his role as Lee Jordan, and it's it's great. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just I I keep reading that one, and I'm just like, man, it would just be so good to hear him like commentating. And I get why they didn't do it in the movie because it might have just been it might have taken away from the suspense of the Quidditch match. But I feel like in the TV show, if they just have him speaking in the background about what they're doing and all that stuff for at some points, like I think that would be just awesome. And just yes. him going like, Oh, it's going to him and going to him and like saying his like little tidbits and facts and having McGonagall go, Jordan. Like, and I not, want that so bad.
0: Not only for comedic effect, but also just to kind of explain what's going on for people that are new to harry potter um and the show is their first time they're not going to know what quidditch is and like yes wood explains it to harry and all of that but to have a commentator kind of explaining to them what's going on as they're watching it would be helpful for them as well but oh definitely again there's just more character growth
1: oh yeah and agreed. just like seeing mcgonagall and jordan's like hamming yeah. out because they those two ham it out for a good three to four books. Like, yeah, it's hilarious and their how their relationship like builds off of these quidditch matches. Because, yeah, and
0: the films just kind of forget him.
1: Yeah, and it's just kind of sad and disappointing. But like, yeah, I I want more of of him. if we're gonna get more quidditch, we need to have more Lee Jordan, and it's just be great. <laughs> Agreed. Um, I also want to see. Uh, I want to see Flint, I think his, his, his name is Flint Marcus, Marcus Flint, mm-hmm. Marcus Flint. I want to see Marcus Flint score five goals while everybody's watching yes. Harry uh, I, uh, I like freak out on his broom. I'm just like, oh, come on. Like, we didn't get to see any of that. Like, where's right. the double points here? Like, come on.
0: Yeah. And then in the film, I mean, this is not my peep either, but like, they just keep knocking people off their brooms and knocking them out and i'm just like oh it's so dramatic <laughs> and i get it i do but it is really i just dramatic. would like a more faithful adaptation of the quidditch match
1: <laughs> well and some of these people get hit in the head in the book they get hit in the head with a bludger and they're still like flying around
0: mm-hmm. like but somebody can just knock them off their broom and they fall into the stands and pass out
1: yeah so <laughs> it's it's just interesting like the different scenarios, like. You, You have people getting hit by bludgers in the book, and they're still like, oh, let's go and like fly through the pain. (laughs) But you just like, you have one bludger hit wood in the stomach, and he's just like out for the rest of the film. Like,
0: so I guess it is dramatic in the book, it's just dramatic in a different way. Yeah. (laughs) In the film, (laughs) um, Meeks, your peeves, my I know you've been holding this one in. Well, I
2: mean, my peeve is in this story harry is being cursed on his broomstick doesn't matter what's happened, like who it is who's causing it harry is clearly on a broomstick that is being faulty or somebody is trying to kill him and the rest of the teachers this is a staff a a full staff teaching hundreds and hundreds of students for decades they have all these teachers have been there for decades And they are professional wizards and witches. And they are watching like idiots. They are just like, well, Harry's just up there (laughs) being tossed around. Oh no, who could possibly do something? Like, are you joking me? Perhaps any of you could do literally anything. I And not to mention (laughs) Madam Hooch. Yeah, I am absolutely floored that this just happened the situation just happens in the book and everybody just read it and it's just part of the story and <laughs> i mean then when neville or when hermione i know we talked about like hermione like being kind of sneaky and setting the the flames all that stuff nobody would notice like are you joking this whole scene is so obviously set up and i you know i love harry potter i love these books But man, this scene is rough for me to get through because I'm like, this is in, this is saying we're in a story about magic and this is so incredibly unrealistic that I am like getting heated. So anyways, that is my. So how would you rewrite it for the show to be more realistic? I just don't know if this could even like this situation can't happen. You know what I mean? Like this, this whole plot line is lost. (laughs) Like, I don't know how to make this more realistic so that the teachers so that you so that the same goal can be accomplished. The goal is that Hermione showcases her abilities of doing something seemingly simple, like having the flames in a jar. And it's a cute little thing. And then it's a callback for her getting to break Snape's cursing contact with Harry. Like, well, really with Quirrell. But, you know, it's it's a way to showcase that for Hermione. And the kids have to be the ones who are like solving these issues because it's mm-hmm. JK Rowling is trying to like show that the kids are learning how to do stuff. It just makes the teachers look incredibly dumb, but I, but she's doing it. She obviously wrote it for a reason. So I get why she wrote it. So I have no idea how to rewrite the scene without like the kids not being able to grow as wizards and witches So that they can defeat the Dark Lord at the end of this book.
0: What if it happens faster? Like if Hermione comes to that conclusion faster. She doesn't have to travel across the stand. (laughs) She's like... Like what if they're just like two or three rows behind them? And so like the teachers don't even have time. Hermione is just on it.
2: Like a like a shot of hermione just like sprinting like a football player like going for a touchdown like as fast as possible and just like the camera like is kind of panned out and then the camera zooms in on her you know when like i feel like that's like a popular um filming (laughs) technique right now it like does like a quick zoom in on her and she's just like running as fast as she can and gets all the way over there yeah no i don't know well Um, yeah but
0: not even across
1: i (laughs) I, i have some like points that maybe might help I know for a fact that not all of the teachers like Quidditch, and not all of them are actually going to be sitting in the stands. Um, This is like a casual thing that's happening, I think, on their time off, and some of them are probably spending their time off doing other things. I know for a second fact that some teachers take turns running detention. And if you're a school full of students, you're going to have some students that are not going to be able to make it to that Quidditch match because they're in detention. So, I don't think all of the teachers were there. Uh, if if we kind of cut most of them down for various reasons, some don't like quidditch, some are probably attending other things and other duties. Like I can imagine Professor Sprout being like a little bit more interested in growing her green, her <laughs> her greenhouse. Than watching mm-hmm. Gryffindor and Slytherin go at it, if it was Hufflepuff, that'd probably be a different matter right. because she wants to. She's head of house, and she might be like loyal to like support them and stuff. But like, if it's just somebody, if it's just the other two teams, like she might want to maybe do something else, right? Uh, so we could maybe justify the absence of a, a good portion mm-hmm. of the teachers, but the the teachers that were there, uh, we know of McGonagall, Quill, Quirrell, and Snape are the ones that are named for sure snape's Mm -hmm. trying to save harry quarrel's the one that's trying to kill him and mcgonagall is stuck in the commentator box i don't think the commentator box is really easy to get out of
2: i just i hope that that's what it is is that mcgonagall like it's all on mcgonagall and she's not able to do it because any other option for me is unacceptable
1: the only one i can't find a justifiable like (laughs) answer for is madam hooch
0: yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying because... again because it would kind of showcase Hermione's aptitude for problem solving and her magic skills if she's if she sees the broom going berserk and the everybody's like what is Harry doing? But she's already like that broom is cursed. Looks around. I see Snape moving, not breaking eye contact. And if there're only a few like levels Mm-hmm. Um like the stands are like steps, right? So if they're only like two steps behind them as opposed to across right. the field and she just has to like do a quick little yeah. fire spell behind her and that's when Quill gets knocked over. That that like how fine. are you feeling about this now? No. That would be fine with me. Yeah. Okay. But no other also- characters can be present and <laughs> Madam
2: Hooch is was whacked in the head by a Bludger. And
0: <laughs> well isn't she <laughs> Wait, isn't she like um, yelling at Flint for something, or is that the different a different part? I thought she was yelling at him at the
2: end. Oh, I feel like she yells at him. A no, lot. Flint
1: was Flint was yelling at her because he caught the snitch in the mouth, and he was like, "No, that's a foul. That can't be like." How-. He didn't actually catch the snitch, and okay. she's like, "Whatever."
0: <laughs> but I um, thought at one point, and maybe I'm remembering this from another match, but I thought at one point she was distracted and what oh, this might have been, this might be book five never mind yeah, feel but like she could be distracted by yelling at flint there's a lot of uh, and she's not paying attention to, to what's going on to harry so she just doesn't see it
1: well but, and it um, could be that maybe she she does see it and she's trying to get him off and like because like the weasley twins are trying to fly up to him yeah and like grab him from the thing and put him on their broom but the broom keeps going up So she could be the one that's also maybe trying to get him off Mm -hmm, the broom. mm -hmm. But because the broom is going up, that might explain why she wasn't able to help as much. But it doesn't necessarily say that she wasn't helping or wasn't paying attention or anything. So we could easily just justify it by having her actually help, but not be able to reach him like the others. Because the the coral who's doing the spell is, is moving him out of the way and out of the reach of other people who are trying to help him.
0: Well, Max showrunners, you have been challenged to make this yeah. scene adequate for Meeks.
2: Make Meeks happy.
0: Max? <laughs> <laughs> My peeps peeve <laughs> was um, Hermione caring too much about Quidditch in the film. Like Hmm. she does not, she does not care about Quidditch (laughs) and in the film she's cheering the mod and when something happens and everybody's like, ooh, she's like, ooh, too. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't care. You don't don't like Quidditch, you don't know anything about Quidditch, like she just cared too much in the film. But it's a minor nitpick, but that was my piece of
1: Does it really say that she doesn't enjoy Quidditch?
0: Yes, it's like a whole plot point later (laughs) on in the future books. Like, that's why Ginny and her get into it in book, like, six, I think. Oh, that's
2: true. Ginny does, you know, kind of slam into Hermione a little bit about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yet again,
0: not following the book the way that they should. It's very minor nitpick, um, yeah. but yeah, like in the books, they do they they comment on, and Ron and Harry are always giving her a hard time for not caring about Quidditch and you should something be silly, not something about
1: Hermione that I thought wasn't done well in the film also was, uh, her her kind of riding on the Snape train too easily in the film. Mm. Where in the book they say, "Oh, Snape is the one that breaks that's breaking into it," and she's like, nah, Snape's a teacher." Like, he would never do that because her, like, high regard to teachers is, like, really Mm -hmm. high. But then the Quidditch match is the part where she identifies that Snape's the one doing the spell, and she immediately jumps on board after Mm -hmm. that because, like, she talks with Hagrid and she's like, Hagrid, I know a spell when I see one. Like, Mm -hmm. this is obviously, this is obviously Snape's doing kind of scenario. And Hagrid's like, doesn't believe them or whatever because in the film, right, it just she kind of goes with it and she's like, huh, Snape's trying to steal the stone. She Like, we don't get that objection from her about believing in teachers a little bit more. And so, like, that could be an additional character thing that, like, we kind of add to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm all about adding more character stuff.
0: All right. Um, Weasley's salute. James, who are you saluting?
1: Uh, who am I saluting?
0: or what or where
1: or where or i don't know um this this chapter this chapter doesn't have like a lot in context of like character stuff there there is some character stuff but i didn't really feel like attached (laughs)
0: we just spent a whole uh hour talking about character stuff
1: (laughs) Well I mean yeah so like there, there's character stuff but like there wasn't anything that like hit me out of the park. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. the other I'm just chapters. giving you a hard time. <laughs> like I love like the additions that they made and I love I, I love the stuff that's in the, in the book and obviously like there's a few things here and there that I would love to like see get added on but like there isn't anything like extraordinary that I'm kind of just like yep I want to salute to you but if I had to salute to anybody I would salute Lee Jordan because he was my peeves pleasure and yeah I love his character and I love reading that chapter just to like see how like how he would say it like I'm trying to imagine like him speaking very fast and <laughs> like it's sometimes it's hard for me to do it when I'm trying to do it out loud and kind of see like how it sounds and how he's like forming these words together because like all I'm imagining is those commentators who commentate sports and going, and now he's got the ball and he's going like this. And, blah, 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 and you're like, it's tr- he's going like, he's trying to keep up with the speed because they're on broomsticks that are flying at like super high speeds. This is all happening super yeah. fast. Uh, and so he needs, in order for to commentate that, he needs to speak quickly. And so I think, you know, if I had to salute anybody, it would definitely be him because <laughs> the actor who's going to pick that up is going to have to be really talented in that regard to just be able to pull that off as a, yeah. as a character Especially because a that's kid. such a good highlight. Yeah. I mean, this is like going to be a 13 or 14 year old yeah. and he's got to be quick as a quick as a something. I can't even think of like something quick, <laughs> yeah. but I I think that would be my, that that definitely would be yeah. my Peeves Uh, Weasley salute.
0: It's funny that it's Lee Jordan as your Weasley salute because he's the Weasley's best friend. Um, yep. Meeks, your salute? Uh, Lee Jordan.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love... Anything to add to what James
2: said? I especially love the flirting that he tries to do with Angelina Johnson. Um, I think it's it's just so funny and charming I think and I really really want to see that like a lot so um, I mean all of it in general I love pretty much every scene that he's ever in or every chapter he's ever in but um, definitely
0: want to see that Mm. yeah I agree so we all have the same Weasley salute (laughs) 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 he's just a really great character Yep.
1: Now we know like he has to be justified and well done because we all agree he he's the best part about this chapter. He needs to be done justice.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, I say this pretty much every single episode, but <laughs> they have the entire series done, completed. So they are going to know that he is a big character. He is at all the games. He's their best friend. Um. So hopefully they know to flesh him out a little bit. Yeah, I think that they. Ooh, I don't know.
2: It's gonna be really offensive at this point if they don't flesh out these characters. If they're not directly listening, there's to just us.
0: no way. Like, if even if it's only six episodes, that's six hours worth of.
1: That's four more hours than what we got of.
0: Yeah. So there's yeah. just, there's going to be more growth somewhere. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. All these strikes need to, all these companies need to pay all these people <laughs> so the strikes could end and we can get some announcements over here. Oh God, it's so true. Uh, yeah. Well,
2: hopefully this just gives the people who, I, I'm assuming that they've been like kind of talking with some people who they want to be a part of the show. So hopefully this just gives anybody who is going to be working on the show or is planning to, or some people in production, whatever, it just just gives them time to really, really think a lot about what they're going to be able to do with the show, yeah. and you know, just takes I don't know, just take more time. But hopefully, what doesn't happen is when the writer strike is over that production teams just try to rush and scramble and go crazy and put things out before they're ready i feel like
0: that would go directly against well and hopefully i mean that's the whole point yeah you know i mean the the strike is about pay but it's like getting paid what they're worth with the whole streaming stuff but yes working conditions exactly so hopefully you know it it won't be rushed because they the writers are going to want to take their time writing a great script right yep Well, thank you for causing havoc with us today. Next time, we will be discussing Chapter 12, The Mirror of Erised. And this, if you want to watch along, is an hour and 25 minutes and 11 seconds through an hour and 36 minutes and 42 seconds. James, where can our listeners find you?
1: And uh, I'll add on, there is a deleted scene. Oh. In this chapter, so.
0: You waited till now?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not not for Quidditch. It's for the, chap- oh, the next oh, chapter.
0: Oh, 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 oh. Got it. I'm with us now. You know, yeah. um, for those of you that aren't aware, we, we mentioned it before that I'm always the tired one. It's because I'm on the East Coast, and these other two are on the Western Coast and Mountain Time.
2: hmm <laughs> Mountain Time.
0: Um, so I'm always at least two hours ahead of these
2: folks.
0: (laughs) So my brain isn't always functioning as well as the other two. (laughs) They're also Ravenclaws and I'm a Hufflepuff.
1: (laughs) So you can find me at James M. Beltran on Instagram and TikTok. And, um, you know, just follow me if you're interested, especially on TikTok, if you're interested on like a character, growths and character analysis on Harry Potter and stuff like that's what I do so take a look at that
2: you can find me at Megan underscore Lichowski, mainly on Instagram um, and there you can find all of my other projects that I'm a part of
0: and you can find me on Instagram at McD, and like me you can find my other projects tagged there and at the time of this recording, Threads has been <laughs> released to the world. Um, and I am also Captain McD on Threads. Um, and don't forget to also follow Peeves Gabfest on TikTok, on Instagram, and on Threads as well. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can up our count over there. Um, If you have feedback, which we've been getting lots of great feedback, you can leave us a voicemail at 409-422-3378. That's 409-GABFEST. Or email us at peevesgabfest at gmail.com. Also, join in the discussion over in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash thievesgabfest. Until next time, Ickle firsties!